Good day, ladies and gents. I'm Professor T, and welcome to another edition of The Business Startup Journey. Our business owners and entrepreneurs are actively learning how to start a business with little or no money and no experience. I'd like to invite all of our listeners to subscribe to the podcast channel for weekly episodes. I would also like to encourage you to visit ProfessorT.Montfichet.com and download our study guides. The website is listed in the channel. The study guides will be uploaded weekly and will reflect our podcast series. It's also important that you obtain your free personalized business portfolio by subscribing at the bottom of our page at ProfessorT.Montfichet.com. This will give you access to the documents needed to build your personalized business portfolio. Okay, team, now that we paid the bills, let's get ready to rock and roll. Good day, ladies and gents, and welcome back for our another edition um, for today's topic of creating your business plan. This is a part two series of the business plan. So I want to welcome you guys all back, and I'm glad that you've gotten this far, and I want to encourage you to continue to do, to do the work. The process is long. The process is tedious, but I am encouraged, and I know that you as a business owner can achieve anything and everything you put your mind to. So be encouraged. Let this be your encouragement for the day. So guys, let's begin by recapping what we talked about in our last episode of creating your business plan. One, we talked about what is your business plan. We talked about what the business plan entails. And we also talked about what we will use our business plan for. And then, guys, we dug a little deep and we talked about the internal uses of your business plan. And we also talked about the external uses of your business plan. These are so vital so that you understand what this plan entails, what's it going to be used for, and how we are going to execute the business plan. So let me just let everybody know that I continuously use my business plan even till today. And what I use my business plan for now is to give me direction and information when I'm filling out any online blogs or online registries or if anyone's inquiring a little bit more about my business, instead of trying to generate something from the top of my head, what I tend to do is use the material that I have already listed. And that's listed in the business plan, of course. So in our last episode, we also talked about what should be included in our business plan and we have a complete spread and layout. Then, guys, we talked about how long our business plan should be, what resources we need after the business plan is complete, and what will this process do for me as an entrepreneur. So to get all that information I just spoke about, tune in to our last previous series of The Business Plan Part 1, and then jump in, guys, if you haven't already watched that one, and then listen to what we have to offer for this part. So team, business owners and entrepreneurs, if you haven't done so already, log on to professort.montfichet.com. The website is listed in the handle and click on study guides and download the study guide for creating your business plan part two so that we can talk about the message and guide us through it. There's also other topics that leads up to 
the creation of your business plan. Those series topics are very important to get thus far. So I encourage you to go back, listen to any previous series that I've already done, and jump in and catch up, and let's get ready to rock and roll, like I always say. So guys, this week with our business plan, I decided to focus on three specific categories, and I added all three of these categories into my business plan as well, and they're all listed on the study guide. They're broken down into sections, but I want to start by talking about each one of those sections. Those categories are organization and management strategies, information technology strategy, and marketing strategies. Those three sections are very important because they're things that people tend to rush through or not give enough attention to, but I wanted to make sure we highlighted that. Also, I put in another one, the conclusion part of the business plan. So we'll talk about those plus the conclusion. So guys, when you're deciding what goes under the part organization and management strategies, it's exactly what it sounds like. How are you going to define your organization? Who's going to be the top? Who's going to cover the payroll? Who's going to cover the sales portion? Who's going to cover every part of the organization structure? This is where you dream it out, map it out on a sheet of paper, and then put it into writing. And then the management structure or strategy is similar to the organization. Now that we have the organization structure, we need to figure out what management teams will need in place. Who will cover this and that? Um, what functions will be performed and who will be responsible for them? That's the first one listed on the study guide. And then we'll talk about the management of organization processes and practices. What processes are you going to put in place for your managers? What practices do you want your managers to implement on a daily basis? So keep those in mind. And then we're going to talk about underneath the organization and management strategy, your staffing requirements. And in terms of the numbers, how many people you're going to have on staff, what skill set they're going to have or need to obtain, what, qualifi excuse me, what qualifications are they going to be required to hold to uh, maintain those positions, and what promotional opportunities, meaning you're going to want to promote your staff in the future. What opportunities will be available for them? Where can they eventually become a master in their role or progress into? So let's talk about that, guys, because when I was building my plan, I tend to wanted to express to people that I want a team that works remotely, and that's exactly what my team does. They're not confined to the office, although we do meet once in a while, once or twice or three times a week, just depending on the need, but they work remotely, and we had to figure that out and map out the staffing requirements for a remote working employee. When I say remote, that means they can work from home, they can work from out of state, they can work from wherever, but the job still gets done as if they're working in the office. So that's the remote employees. So I had to build that structure into the business plan. And that's where I talk about what your staffing requirements look like. So I had to create those requirements for my staff and jot them down on the paper. Because once you write it on the paper or into your business plan, it becomes rule of law. So guys, the next part we're going to talk about is called information technology strategies. And this has to deal with exactly what it says, information technology, and we have to build a strategy around that. So we're going to deal with the unified communication 
and we're going to use a deal with digital transformation and cloud technology. So before we start diving into the information technology strategies, there's three topics I put at the top. I put unified communication, digital transformation, and cloud technology. And those are three areas that need to be implemented if you're considering to have a remote staff or if you're considering to operate your business from anywhere remotely. You don't have to be in your office. You can be on the run and your office is still maintained. The office processes are still maintained. So in plain language, when you say digital transformation, it's the use of digital technology to solve problems. So that's why we have that there in the information technology. The cloud technology is exactly what it says, conducting your business in the cloud anywhere from Earth, on planet Earth, let's put it like that. And then unified communication is creating a communication platform that involves several different entities and tools in one place instead of having several tools to manage in every different place. So these areas are all under information technology. And when I put strategies on there, I wanted everyone to understand the impacts that it makes on the business operations. So that's the part that you have to implement that into your business plan and make sure you state that in there. And then you need to also put in your business plan how information technology provides a competitive strategy for everything you do and in your business plan platform. Then you need to also address the threats, security issues, managing and securing a network. Build that into the business plan underneath that uh, particular entity, information technology strategy. And then you also need to have some type of management system for mobile devices, for mobile devices and how staff will address your IT issues. So here's a little niche hint out there for everyone. Since we're dealing in 2020, you can have an IT staff or an IT operator that works remotely. They don't work in your building. You can have them as a contractor. And when you have an issue arises, you have them do what they have to do to take over your computer, fix the issue, and move forward. And this has been a great practice in my small business. So guys, now we're going to talk about the marketing strategy. When you're mapping out that section in your business plan, you have to answer a series of questions. What service and or products will my company be selling? And you need to implement that, write it out as much and difficult as it may be, write it out so that it's in plain English. Who will my target customers be? You know, you have to do that analysis and research to really, really be able to identify who your target customer is. And the next one is, what is the policy regarding product or service pricing? You have to really develop not only price points, but what policies are you using to come up with, them price, with those price points? The next part under marketing strategy is, what role will e-commerce play on my business? And I encourage every business owner to make sure that when you're starting your business that you plan for some type of um, web presence, e-commerce presence, because this is going to be the difference for your business today. And we need to make sure that all small businesses are listed online so that we can be competitive against all players. And then finally, we need to answer the question of how will my company connect with my target market? 
And that's just plain English, so I won't go deep on that one. So entrepreneurs and business owners, those are the three categories that I would 100% require of you to put in your business plan. Organization and management strategies, information technology strategies, and marketing strategies. And if you don't choose Montfish and Company to help con um, construct that business plan, please make sure that if you're writing it on your own, that you include those areas in your business plan. And if you're hiring a third party to write or help construct that business plan, make sure that those three entities are part of the business plan structure. So again, that those areas are organization and management strategy, information technology strategy, and market strategy. Entrepreneurs and business owners, so the next part we're gonna talk about is the conclusion. When you're constructing the conclusion for your business plan. I know it sounds far-fetched and it sounds like it's so far away, but this is an area that requires 100% of a know-how and your attention. So we're coming to the end of our business plan and we know where we stand as of right now. So what the business plan asks you to do is what's your next step? It wants to know what you have planned for the next 30 days. What are your execution strategies so that your business plan and your business can go live? And then after those 30 days, it's asking, what do you have planned for the next 90, 60 days? Sorry. So the next 60 days, what do you have planned for your business to make it move forward? And then the third part is 90 days. What do we have planned to execute our business and make sure our platform is safe and secure within the next 90 days? So that was really something for me because I'm a planner. So I tend to plan out my weeks. I know what I need to achieve and I plan out my months. So the 30 days wasn't the biggest issue for me. It was a 60 and 90 days because I needed to know where we needed to go in those time frames. And then guys, don't be afraid to adjust those time frames. Things come up, things arrive, and you have, to, you have to plan for that pitfall, meaning the downfall or something bad to happen. And when you plan for that, then you already know. So let's say that you had said, within the next 60 days, I'm going to receive funding. So now you have to mentally think, okay, if I receive funding on here, then I know what I'll have to do in the 90 days. But something might arise, that pitfall, and you won't receive the funding in 60 days. Maybe you'll receive it earlier in 30 days, and then it changes everything in your plan. Or maybe you'll receive it in 90 days, so then there's a longer wait time. So you have to really plan for that so that your business does not become affected and you can't move forward because a pitfall or something might come early or later. All right, so within your conclusion section of your business plan, you also need to write out a plan B. So what happens if you know, God forbid, or, you know, the universe doesn't allow you to start your business. What is your plan B? Will you go back to work in the field that you're known for? Will you try another strategy or a business approach? Will you test the market in a different way? So those plan Bs need to be stated in there. Let's say you were starting a hair business and it did not work out. Do you give up and go back? Or do you try the nails business? or something else in that figure? Or do you just try a whole new niche and go to baking? So this is where you outline what's my next step and how I will achieve it in your business plan. Okay, team, so now we're moving away from the plan B. We're still under, we are still under the conclusion portion of the business plan. 
but we have moved away from the plan B and we're back in the mindset that our business plan is going to be complete. We're about to register our business in 30 days. We're about to get our website up and running and get ourselves search engine optimized online. And we're going to make sure that all of the different online categories is filled out and we are ready to move forward. So we are now anticipating our business exit strategy. So in our mind, we're saying, okay, I am such and such an age. I want to I want to retire at point B age, and I have to make sure that I conduct this business in a, enough time to make everything work out in my favor. So I decided, okay, here I am. I am 32. I'm starting the business, and I'm going to run my business, and I'm going to retire at, let's say, 55, 60. So I'm 32. So I say, okay, this is how much time I'm going to put in my business plan. I'm going to retire and close out the business in 20 years. So I know I'm retiring in 20 years and I am going to have to hire someone to take over the business or I'm going to have to sell the business or the third option is close the business altogether. So these are options that you have to consider when you're constructing your exit strategy. Will I be giving the business to my son? Will my son be able to continue the race and do what's making the business popular? Do I sell the business to, a, to a, someone else? Or do I sit on as an advisor? So these are all things you need to consider in the conclusion section when you're completing the exit strategy. So finally, we're at the part of the business plan when we're considering to tailor a business plan to fit my needs. So because we only have one or two options in our broadcasting, you're creating a one-person small business to start out with, or you're creating a small business altogether. So we're going to talk about the two of those. So the one-person small business, you have to really commit to doing one thing at a time. You're in it alone. You cannot do everything all by yourself. So you really have to start considering, what can I do and what can I outsource? And that's the really difficult part because we feel like we want to do as much as we can and we don't want to pay anyone to do stuff. But the reality is eventually you're going to hit a wall and you're going to realize, I can't do this. I need an outside source to help me and I need it to be affordable. And that's the reality of some things, especially for us one person business plan uh, or business owners, because that happened to me and I'm pretty sure it might happen to you in your future and you have to plan for that. So also, you need to, as a one-person business plan, business owner, you need to establish pricing, billing, and collection policies. These policies are going to keep you moving and running your business like a business and not a hobby. So remember, as a small business owner in a one-person business, you need to create policies and create structure. So when you start hiring people on, that these systems are already in place. And the bottom line is you're already implementing them and, uh, and abiding by them. So the next person will do the same. So now we're going to talk about small businesses. Okay? So we're going to talk about tailoring a business to fit your needs as a small business. So to be successful in that area, I would consider analyzing your resources you need before you commit to a business idea. So you create that business idea and you analyze everything you need to make that idea move forward. Then I would consider analyzing your business location and the surrounding environments. 
Now, when I say analyze, I don't mean to commit to it. I mean to consider it. Uh, like, let's use this for example. I want to open my business in Atlanta, Georgia. So I start analyzing what would be best for me to open this business. Where would that location serve its purpose? So you start researching and analyzing the different areas in Atlanta that might benefit you. So that's just an example. Then I would suggest that you create a successful business strategy. And that's where everything starts coming. Now, when you're creating that strategy, please understand that that strategy will change from time to time. So it might be the same right now, but it'll change. And you have to be willing and ready to adjust to the changes of that strategy. All right, guys. So next I want to talk about when you come to the conclusion of your business plan and you need to gain expert advice. Now, expert advice is not only for the end of the business plan. You can reach out to someone and get that advice at any time. You might get to the point where you feel, I can't do this anymore. I've gone as far as I want, and I need expert advice. Or I've done as much in the business plan as possible, and I just don't understand other areas. So this is where you reach out and obtain expert advice. So guys, when I started the business process and I decided that this was going to be a niche for me where I'm helping other companies create their business plan, I never thought that as a business owner that I would need expert advice for myself. So even the experts need expert advice. That's where I'm getting at. Because they give you that eagle eye and that extra push in an area that you did not know that you needed the help in. And you know what? It worked in my favor. So what can an expert advice do? They can answer the questions that you don't have an answer to. So questions you can't answer, they're there for you on that. You can, if you've run out of ideas or on ways to get your company up and running, experts can provide you examples or different techniques to give you ideas to any area that, you haven't, that you've hit the wall or to get that company up and running. Experts can also locate, locate someone with experience in a company. So when you're doing that, make sure that you're choosing someone who has experience in the niche or area that you're looking to go into. That's vitally important. And then finally, before you make that decision to obtain expert advice, you have to decide what kind of assistance you need. You don't want to come in there and be like, I need help with everything. You want to be like, I need specific help with this area or creating a business plan or finding my niche or whatever it is. Any question you have, decide what kind of assistance you need before you obtain expert advice. All right, guys, so we've come to a conclusion of creating your business plan part two. So I gave you some great tips and ideas and methods that will help you go on your way. This is an exciting time for all of you business owners and entrepreneurs, including myself. This is the time that you're going through this journey. This journey is going to be long tireless, and it's only for those that are committed to the fight. Because once you get to the end of the road, you're not going to be able to joy, enjoy all these luxuries of the hard times or the excitement. All you'll be able to do is reflect on it and use that experience to guide other people along your way. So congratulations if you've come this far. And even if you haven't finished your business plan, congratulations. You are a step further ahead. Now, sometimes the process does not necessarily take five to 10 days. You're going to have to put in the work. And I'm here to help you put in the work. And I'm here to encourage you to put in the work. 
All right, guys. Well, we made it through. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Business Startup Journey. I wish you guys all well and safety throughout the holiday season. And I encourage you to keep working hard on your business. And I'm here if you need me. All right, guys. I'm Professor T. And this is another episode of the Business Startup Journey.